Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm John Ledyard from thedraftnetwork.com along with Trevor Sykema, also from thedraftnetwork.com. Here on a beautiful, well, it's a Tuesday night, technically, when we're recording. So just be honest with the people who are here in the audio-only version of this. But this is also live on Twitch. We've been doing this a lot recently. Well, this is our second time doing it. Joe and Cal do it a lot. And uh, we're ready to take questions about the NFL draft and about a bunch of different stuff, really, yes. uh, for all our good friends and colleagues out there. But before we do that, Trevor, and we've got a lot of great questions lined up. You told I know me you're going to read a, them off. You too. told me you had some like bomb to drop. So I do. I do. Guess what? Dwayne Haskins, QB1, just tweeted this out. Are you ready? Uh, I think I'm Can ready. Can you hear me? Am I yeah, coming I, through? Yes, Am I coming through? Coming all right, through here we go. Clear. He just tweeted out, don't let me go back to the crib, dot, 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 with a Photoshop picture of himself in full Giants uniform. Your thoughts, sir. He, sa- he did that? He did that. Oh, my god! I'll show you on Twitch. I Boom. love, I love that I we are that. letting prospects and players be like, I guess just more expressive. I'll just say like saying whatever they want, you know, so, like that yep. is that could you imagine a prospect like four years ago tweeting out a Photoshop <laughs> team image of themselves? It would never happen. Hey, Eli didn't tweet it. He just said, I don't want to go to the Chargers. <laughs> so is, he should have tweeted it. He should have tweeted Haskins it. Haskins is just following in his footsteps. Oh, that's always man, good. That's awesome. QB1 for real. Can't wait for the Raiders to take him and him to refuse to put on the hat for the picture. Gruden and Mayock just standing there. He's like holding the jersey like down by his knees and doesn't oh, wait, even. Wait, wait, wait. Schofield says that Haskins also did it on IG with the Redskins and the Jags and that Ramsey shared the Jags one. So your boy is playing the field. He is marketing what? himself. He's trying to get that follower count oh. up. I respect He's spraying it. and praying right now. I he is. It. I have to respect it. Wow. What a gangster move. That's amazing. Wow. Yes. Yes. Great way to start off the pod today. No, we also, good. we got to get to people's questions. So let your questions fly, ladies and gentlemen. Let them filter in. As we do that, let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals, Trevor. You and I have different, a little bit different perspectives maybe, although I definitely see where you're coming from on this Cliff Kingsbury thing. Sure. You think it's – well, go ahead. I won't speak for you. Go okay. ahead and express your yeah, thoughts. I appreciate, I appreciate you not speaking for me. I just think it's crazy. That's it. I don't think it's like <laughs> – I don't think it's the worst or the best or something. I'm just kind of blown away by – Look, I know Cliff Kingsbury. I knew he was going to get NFL offers, but I always thought that they would just be, you know, coordinator jobs first, a court, you know, a quarterback assist, assistant, something like that. I mean, the dude literally has never coached in the NFL before, and all of a sudden he went to USC, and it was like, oh, that was quick. I thought, you know, he might entertain some some offensive coordinator jobs, but then all yeah. of a sudden it's like the Jets wanted him as head coach. Um, did any other team want him as head coach other than the Cardinals? Was it three? The, it was just the Jets, I okay, believe. Okay, so it was the Jets, and then obviously the Cardinals, and it like it starts going so quick. Now all of a sudden he's the head coach of the Cardinals. So mm. he was look, man, I and I don't I don't know how to say it any other way than this. He was with Texas Tech, who was his alma mater, who loved him unconditionally, who thought he could do no wrong. The only win winning record overall he ever had were with players that were not his own players. When he had the current NFL MVP in Patrick Mahomes on his team for two years. He couldn't even post a winning record in the conference. And I understand that the defense was bad. I get it. But I think everybody on social media, and this is my thing, am I saying that Cliff Kingsbury 
cannot succeed in the NFL. Absolutely not. I think it's a really cool pairing with Rosen. Um, I think that their personalities have a chance to really mesh and they can be really aggressive together as an offense and score a lot of points because Rosen is that good of a quarterback. But I feel like everyone on Twitter thinks it's a foregone conclusion that they are going to get a defensive coordinator that just knows how to handle this. Because, look, man, everybody (laughs) wants to point to the McVay thing. McVay Mm -hmm. was in the NFL forever. McVay had a massive NFL background. And guess who McVay's first defensive coordinator is? It's Wade freaking Phillips. Wade Phillips knows exactly how to play defense. And even then, they've kind of struggled to find the balance between how fast you run your offense, where gassing your defense, or things like that. And so, I I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. I really don't. I'm literally just the shrugging emoji right now. That's it. Like, I I just think it's wild. So you're on this fence. I just just think it's wild, man. I just don't know how it's going to play out. And I I I just think the, the fact that he went straight from being fired at Texas Tech to then being given every benefit of the doubt he possibly could have been given the benefit of the doubt for to being a head coach in the National Football League. That's the crazy part to me. So Yeah, I that's, that part's definitely crazy. I push back on the Mahomes stuff a little bit because I feel like he got the most out of him. I mean, Mahomes was unbelievable in college. He got drafted 10th overall, right? Like 10th mm-hmm. or 11th, whatever it was. Like, he developed a lot of that. Like, And I think Mahomes would give him a ton of credit. I mean, we've heard Mahomes give him a ton of credit. So... I give him some credit there. The Baker Mayfield thing, people are like, yeah, he didn't even realize Baker Mayfield was good. Sure, but like, uh, name those of us who did because no one saw this coming with Baker Mayfield until later in his college career, right. certainly during his last season. But it was very hard to predict. And even though, yes, obviously Baker Mayfield would have been the better choice, I don't think it was this obvious thing. And Davis Webb did really well there. Like, So it's not like... I don't know. I think people are making it out to be way more egregious than it is because in hindsight, which is our favorite way to look at things in this community, and in hindsight, the things look bad. But up front, I feel like they were kind of understandable at the time, some of the things. Now, I agree with you. Super big risk. Probably the riskiest hire out there. Like you said, didn't even have a winning record before. Um, you could, I think Brad Kelly, our, our Brad Kelly tweeted out that he had one defensive player drafted. Mm-hmm. During his time, it was like a seventh round pick or something, like one of the last picks in the draft. Yeah. Like, so just no talent there whatsoever. Offense was always unbelievable. Sure. I mean, he, Davis Webb sucks and he got, a, he had a good offense still, you know, like this year they rotate two guys and they're still, you know, piling up some points. So, um, yeah, I think that, uh, I'm very curious. I think he's going to have to change some things about his offense. I think some things are going to have to change for sure in Arizona. I don't know how the relationship with he and Rosen are going to work out, but I'm excited to gotta, watch it unfold. I got to take this question because somebody just asked, yeah. who is now the best-looking coach in the NFC West? Because you got McVay. You yes, got Kyle Shanahan. I actually thought about this. You got Pete Carroll, and you got Cliff Kingsbury. <sighs> Shanahan's got to be third, right? I mean, is Carroll fourth here? I think Carroll's fourth, but Carroll's a strong fourth. So, I mean, like, he's a strong fourth. Yeah, I mean, like, like, he's old man handsome, but I think – I think Kingsbury still won. McVeigh uh, McVay oh. won all day. Give me McVeigh won all day. You're taking McVeigh at one? All You're day. out of your mind. All, no all day. way. Yes. No yeah. way. Kingsbury ripped his look straight off Ryan Gosling. No. <laughs> I need a, I need something original. Okay. So what? Needed original. If I rip my look straight off of Chris Hemsworth, I still look near like Chris Hemsworth. You still look really good, but I'm just saying that I think – I appreciate McVeigh's unique the uniqueness of his look a little bit more. Somebody said Silver Fox, Pete Carroll. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hundred percent. Carroll's, yeah, Carroll's yeah. like a spokesperson for those like that's like touch of gray commercials, you know what I'm saying? Where they get super good looking yeah. like fifty six year old dudes. That's Pete Carroll. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, yeah, he'd be first in a lot of different uh, divisions for sure. Uh, somebody asked us about the hire of, I believe, Bruce Arians mm-hmm. and Todd Bowles. Todd, Todd Bowles, already, is that true that that's already happened? Todd Bowles, yeah. Todd Bowles, it's, he's, it's not, already, as, like, so, as we speak, it's not like, it's, okay. he hasn't signed, it's but back. it's going to be final. Okay, so Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles uh, going to be in Tampa Bay. How do you rate that higher on a scale of one to ten? I guess they mean the whole thing, basically. Sure. Um, I mean, for the Buccaneers, it's a ten. I mean, the the only the only coach that they could have gotten, I think, that would have compared to the job that he needed to do in Tampa Bay, would have been John Harbaugh, and he was not available. The Ravens retained right. him, so uh, there there was not a coach out there that was a better fit for the Buccaneers. Both, I think, on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, and then as a head coach and a leader and a guy who knows what it's like to win, then Bruce Arians. So I, I really do mean this when I say that, not that 10 out of 10, I'm saying that Arians is now the best coach in the NFL, but in terms of the higher where we were um, in the process, uh, he was a home run for what the Buccaneers needed. And you know, hopefully for, for Bucks fans, I know they're hoping for Jameis Winston as well because he needs to, uh, he definitely needs to make the most of this 2019 year. By the way, my wife Britt says definitely McVay, good choice, babe. She said to me, so mm. she's with me on the McVay train. So mm. um, we have similar tastes, I guess. Uh, somebody asked specifically for you, what has to happen for the Bucks to shock the world and win the 2020 Super Bowl? <laughs> the well, Super Bowl. The Bucks winning the 2020 Super Bowl would line up well with the Florida Gators winning the Super Bowl in, or the national championship in 2020, which is actually going to happen. Wow, but. Funny how that would happen all of a sudden. For yeah, yeah, no. I, teams. Dave, I mean, for the Buccaneers, they have offensive line first, right? That's where it begins, man. Because they Arians need, needs you got to have a group that holds up. With but his I mean, attack. here's the thing, though. So did Cutter, and they didn't. They like just straight up didn't prioritize it, or they lied to themselves, <laughs> or they believed their own lie. However you want to see it, they will not get better until that offensive line gets better, first and foremost. And that's going to mean the most to this team. And so if you're talking about a winning window, while Arians is even the head coach, which is probably only going to be, in all honesty, about three to four years. I know they signed a five-year uh, I know they signed a five-year uh, potential contract with him, but he's probably only going to stay about three or four. You've got to get that offensive line fixed pretty quick. Right. All right. Uh, we send in any uh, NFL draft-related questions that you guys have as well. We got two questions back-to-back here. The first is, who gets the Dolphins job? Mm. Mm, it's a good question. Who gets the Dolphins job? My desk just shifted. Uh, <laughs> Live radio, <laughs> folks. Falling um, apart over here. Uh, uh, Dolphins job. I don't know. Is Dan Campbell still like up for that? I know. He was like, yeah, I was thinking that was the first name that popped in my mind, too. That's probably the one I know the least. Like I, I have just no wow, clue. <laughs> Nick Saban, been there, did it. Sorry, didn't go well. Uh, um, I don't. I'm not sure. Honestly, I'm I'm really not sure. I could say a name, but I would be making it up. Um, you be making up the name or the? I, I'd be making up right? that I that I felt confident about it. Oh, okay. I I just I have no idea. I you know I would be really, and it's hard to say too because the, all the other places really every other place around the league there's a quarterback attached to the new head coach hire. You know, even Denver, even as much as Keenan might not be the guy for the future, there's still a quarterback there, you know, and and, and you kind of know. But with Miami, I have no idea. Like, they're not even – like, all these other teams, we're talking about, you know, Arians and, and Jameis, and uh, we're talking about Kingsbury and Rosen, and we're talking about Baker and Kitchens or whoever it ends up being in, in Cleveland. We don't have that in Miami. So it gives us way less clarity in terms of – I don't even know what kind of head coach they're interested in because I don't even know what quarterback they're interested in, you know. So – 
I have no clue uh, with Miami. I really am totally in the dark. I, I do think Dan Campbell sounded like he was the guy they were really interested in. He wasn't. He, he was the interim somewhere. Was it with uh, Aiton? Was yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like the Saints is correct. I think that's right. During that year, Peyton was suspended, maybe something. I don't know. But anyway, um, I don't know. Where Miami goes from here with their position in the draft, too, is very weird. It almost feels like they need to, like, hit the pause button for two years and wait for a good quarterback or something. Like, I, I just don't know. You know, I know Cal's talked about getting Nick Foles to bridge the gap between the next quarterback. That makes a lot of sense to me, to be honest, uh, mm-hmm. keep it competitive. But at the same time, you probably want to be worse than that. <laughs> Just being real, realistic. Yeah. Okay, Jakai Polite or Montez Sweat? Easy. Easy, I agree. Jakai Polite. Easy. Yeah, not All even day. close. Here's why for me. Bend and flexibility with Jakai Polite on top of having a just quicker feed in general so he can take advantage of two-way goes. He can beat you inside or outside, whereas I think Montez Sweat struggles to win on that outside edge track. A lot of the sacks you saw him get on that outside edge track, watch the other tackle that he's going up against, I think. Uh, the Auburn game, he had like three, and that kid was – he was like a guard freshman playing tackle or something like that. I mean, it was brutal. He couldn't even pass that. So – when he faces a guy who can actually pass that, and that's how most of the tackles he faces in the NFL are going to be, I think Montez Sweat will have a lot of trouble cornering, and I'll see. I think you'll see his agilities at the combine reflect that that he is just not that loose in the hips. To me, I get, and I think he has a better pass rush plan, a little more physically dominant of a player, but a little bit better version of Jordan Willis. That's what I see with Montez Sweat. Really. Yeah, but yeah. wasn't Jordan Willis like? Didn't he have like free combine numbers in certain? He categories? did he have free combine that yeah. didn't match up state at all. I would not guess that most people with Jordan Willis's tape would put up those kind of combine numbers. And obviously in the NFL, he's done absolutely nothing. So I think Montez Sweat is solid. Like Montez Sweat reminds me of like, I, I feel like Montez Sweat is like Cleveland Farrell light. Like they have the same limitations as pass rushers, but I think Cleveland Farrell is better in all of the other areas of playing edge defender than like Montez Sweat is because when you said that right there like oh he's not really twitchy struggles with bend has trouble with flexibility that's a lot of the same stuff that kind of Cleveland Farrell has but I think that he, like Farrell deals with it a little bit better I think he is a little bit better just naturally in that area and like in run support in power and using his hands I think Farrell is better in those other areas too so it's almost like a I think Montez Sweat is solid but I don't right. know how much more of a compliment I can give him than that. He'll be a he'll be a good pick. He's a top fifty pick, I think, but more towards you know that end of the first round, early second round. That's what I would right. say. So. Okay, question from Garrett. I have a bet with a friend over Mitch Hyatt. He said Mitch Hyatt will either be a first or second round pick. <laughs> I said he will go later than the second round. Do I win? You win big, Garrett. <laughs> Hold <laughs> you... up. You think he's gonna win? No chance Mitch Hyatt is a first or second round pick. Bro, All-American. Bro, bet your all house. American. Bet your house. Well, I rent Mitch Hyatt house, so I'm will not, not bet, it, but, you know. bet, bet, bet the thing of most value to you that Mitch Hyatt will be a day three pick. <laughs> don't even, don't even, just take the third round up. It's going to be a day three pick. Here's a good one. I guarantee. Here's, here's a really good one, especially for you and I. Um, Elijah asks, Nasir Adderley, or Deontay Thompson? They were super close to my last board. 
I don't want to be recency biased with Deontay Thompson, but I came into that game last night and I had questions about his speed. I don't really blame that one touchdown on him that everybody was blaming on him, but you could see in the pursuit yeah, but that he, he really still has to play that play better. Like I don't, yeah, I, don't I, mean, I don't blame him because you're right. The CB fell down and the dude caught it early, and you're basically making an open field tackle. But I'm over with like literally like three quarters of the field. To right, defend. right, right. And I get it. I get it. And I'm I'm not expecting him to be Jamal Adams totally, but he also played that I thought terribly. Like he just it yeah. wasn't even close to it. And His angle you got to make a way better angle and effort than that. And the thing with Deontay Thompson for me is I'm with you. I don't want to have a recency bias, but these games still matter. Early on oh, yeah. in the season, he had his two interceptions. He had two picks in three games, and I went, holy crap, here this dude is. He's going to be on fire this year. He's going to be a top 20 pick. As the year went on, he kind of slowed down, didn't really hear about him. Then I saw that Bama was starting to rotate him in and out, and I was like, all right, this is a little weird. I heard whispers that the NFL wasn't exactly as high on Deontay Thompson because mm-hmm. Alabama wasn't necessarily as high on Deontay Thompson. Like they, they, they like him. They think he's good. But I'm over here. I was comparing him to the impact that kind of Haha Clinton Dix had with Alabama a couple years ago. And I was kind of told that, no, that's, that's not the case. He's not the same guy or they don't view him as the same guy. And now all of a sudden down the stretch, I mean, the last two or three games he's played in, he doesn't just look slow. Like he looks mentally slow. Like and that's mm-hmm. that's the part that could, that's the part that really worries me. Um, like on the the big touchdown bomb to what was it Higgins in the first yeah. the very first quarter. I mean, Deontay's just standing there, and and Higgins like runs right by him. Now I don't understand exactly the big long assignment. play you mean. Yeah, the one that set up the first touchdown. It wasn't a touchdown, but the, the long yes, pass. Yes, I think so. Right before Edian's touchdown, Where he okay, almost yeah. just looked frozen. It's like <clears> his feet were stapled to the ground, and I'm like, yo, what are you doing? So. Adderley is different. Adderley is like coming on here at the end where you're looking at his tape and you're looking, you're like, damn, this dude's got size, speed, aggression, mentality. And so I don't know who I'd take. I'd still take Deontay, I think, right now. But Adderley is making this a really close debate and where this question actually holds some value for me. Yeah, interesting. You know, I, I love Adderley. So if you ask me right now, there's like gun to my head type scenario. And I was like, I have to pick like one or the other. I would take Adderley. But I, I want to give Thompson the due diligence and not go off recency bias in the last, you know, parts of the last two games because he really did some things well the other night too. He flew up and run support. I mean, like mm-hmm. his fills are so quick and violent, and he Ooh, really Deontay's? can tackle. Is that what you're yes. yes, yes, yes. And I love that about him. Um, I just think there are times he plays really, really fast. So I know that sometimes there are like some processing concerns where he takes a bad angle, but I love safeties to play aggressive. So. I still want to give him his due diligence. He, before and he had down. and he had three forced fumbles, I think, in six weeks, like a six-week mm-hmm. span, where he's just being a force on the ball and in, in run support and so. But I mean, that's why I thought this guy was going to be like the total package, like a top ten player, and he was um, he was he was kind of really disappointing there in coverage over the end. Uh, another question: Do you think Ed Oliver is a tad overrated, John? Uh, tad overrated in terms of he, if you think he's on level with Nick Bosa as a prospect, yes. If you think Ed Oliver's a really, really good prospect that with a little further development could be an absolute animal in the NFL, no. And that's what I think about him. I think he's really good. Do I think – would I take him over Nick Bosa? No. I wouldn't take him over Quinnen Williams, but I get it if you do because athletically – here's what's going to happen with Ed Oliver. No one's going to talk about him really for the next two months because we got tired of him – or until the combine. And then at the combine, he's going to literally blow everyone's mind. And – at that point, I believe Ed Oliver's going to surge his way back into the picture and people are going to be like, oh my gosh, this guy is like running back athleticism. I mean, he's unbelievable. So I think that's what we're going to see happen with him. Now his size will be the big question, but he's a great prospect, man. I don't know. I'm not overthinking it in terms of 
now that everybody's kind of like cooled on him. I don't I don't think it's like that type of situation. No one expected this Quinn and Williams monster to emerge. You know what I mean? Right. Like I feel like that's kind of affected and and, and shakes things up a Quinn little bit too. Look bad. Think of, I mean, he, he's unbelievable. Like yeah, he was he was great last night. Nobody even talked about him because yeah. because of the score. But right, right. You know, so. Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I think Ed Oliver – here's the other thing. Is there a path for Ed Oliver to be better than Quinn and Williams? Yes. And if we were realistic in the way that we talk about draft prospects a lot of the time, we would phrase it like that a little bit more. Is there a path for so-and-so to be better than so-and-so? Yes, I think there's a, there's a path, you know, outside of obvious injury and suspension and things like that because Ed Oliver has unreal traits. But he's smaller than Quinn and Williams, mm-hmm. and he comes from a smaller conference than Quinn and Williams, and he clearly is not as developed in terms of his hand technique and pass rush um, combinations as Quinn and Williams. So the smart bet, in my opinion, as long as Williams tests well enough, is to bet on Quinn and Williams. Doesn't mean that there's no chance Oliver could be better than him. He definitely could down the road, but more things have to go right for Oliver than have to go right for Quinn and Williams, and that's why I would say I'm taking Quinn Williams. If you want to take the risk on Ed Oliver, more power to you. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's dumb. Somebody asked, uh, who would be the better prospect for the Carolina Panthers, Cleveland Farrell or Cody Ford? Who? good question. Uh, both, really both good are, question. Both are really solid players. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if, if you're a Panthers fan and you get either of those dudes, I think you're pretty pumped. Right. I think Cody Ford needs a little bit of development of tackles. So how do you have to feel about, you know, the situation there coaching-wise and – how they're developing offensive linemen. And and I think there are so many good moments with Cody Ford that make me think he can play tackle in the NFL. But consistency is everything. And so finding that I think is important. But also this is first year playing tackle at this level, you know. So I mean right. Yeah. It's a heck of a job he did against Alabama in his biggest test of the year. And I physically and athletic I, I think trust he has all that, the tools. Though, so. You know, like I gotta yeah. trust that. You when I would say he's is, a little more valuable. Scouting is and I, I would agree with you, scouting is a lot of the times, yeah, you, you you have to be conscious of guys' limitations, especially athletically or, or just biologically, but it's often about what a guy can do. You've got to really look at what they can do, what they're capable of, and you've got to be able to think, hey, if I get my hands on this guy, we can coach him up to the talent that he has. And when you look at Cody Ford and what he did in the college football playoff and I think down the stretch this season, you look at a guy who has a lot of the tools to play tackle really well in the NFL. And I think that you've got to to be able to trust that. And so for the Panthers, I think I would agree with you, and I would say that Cody Ford, if I had to pick one of the two for the Panthers, I would pick Cody Ford. Um, yeah, I like Farrell. I just think that there might be – I'd rather go with Ford, I feel like, in that situation than Farrell, but both prospects are probably wins. Is David Montgomery a franchise running back? <sighs> what does that even mean? I, you know, <laughs> my personal take is that is it really none hey, of these running on. backs – Didn't you see ESPN? He's got the, the mind of Le'Veon Bell and the body of Ezekiel yeah. Elliott and the feet of uh, – I don't know, probably Barry Sanders or something stupid. I don't remember. It was awful. It was the worst graphic I saw I've ever it. seen in my life. I saw it. I tried to. Never wanted I tried to, die to go quicker than when I looked. I tried at to go bird life. box. <laughs> I tried to bird box myself directly afterward because it was that bad. But bird boxes. I haven't watched it yet. But bird box isn't it like I if, if you see it, don't you like it, it turns into the thing that you fear most. Yes. So that actually yes. works. You know, you look at it right. and this is what I fear the most is somebody making this dumbass comparison. With yeah, David Montgomery, because yeah. David Montgomery's good. I like David Montgomery. He's yeah. I think he's a good running back. But and I mean, here's the thing, man. Like, 
We've said this. Gus Edwards is productive in the NFL right now. Ken right, Dixon's right, productive in the NFL. Right. Josh freaking Adams was productive. Peyton Barber wasn't even terrible. This, okay, maybe. That might be stretching no, a little Peyton bit. No, Peyton Barber was fine. That O-line he's okay, was right? Yeah. Right. And Peyton Barber was still like, okay, what do you run for? Like 800 yards? Like, we, we can get a 1,000-yard rusher out of Peyton Barber. So, like, can David Montgomery go to the NFL and run for 1,000 yards in a season? Absolutely. Yeah. Is David Montgomery dynamic enough? As a, I mean, like... I don't know. You almost have to be Saquon Barkley for me to like say like, let's go first round pick on a running back. You know what I mean? Like, I just I don't know. It's just it's hard for me to say like like I no way would I take David Montgomery in the first thirty two picks. He's not that type of player, but he's a really good player. Like when you get him, you're going to be happy about it. Like as long as you can run the ball and your scheme and your offensive line are good, David Montgomery's going to be good. Like he's going to be he's going to be able to help your team. Um, so is he a feature running back in the NFL? I think he can be a feature guy. Sure. I mean, like, is he going to do stuff on every, you know, is every situation, is he going to be lead in like, like the top running backs in the league? No, I don't think so. But, um, you know, I don't think his vision or decisiveness are terrific, but I think they're good enough. And I think you can have, you can be a good back for your team, you know, but that's the thing. You don't need to take David Montgomery in the second Mm -hmm. when you can get fill in the blank, honestly, because there's a Karan Higdon or somebody in the fourth round. You know what I mean? Like value wise, there is going to be very little difference well, between do, what the two guys give you. I do think that it depends what your other needs are on your team, but certainly if you have a need at offensive tackle, quarterback, edge rusher, you know, corner. But who you, does? Everybody got yeah. Everybody. Rather, gotta, I'd rather take a third quarter over a running back. Well, I mean, that's you and I are kind of have the same draft philosophy in that regard. So um, we are very, we are very anti. I know Cal is always getting on us because Cal. Kyle's like, take good players wherever, you know? I mean, like, and I'm okay with that. I don't, like... It's not, like, horrible. It's just not the best. I don't don't hate that strategy because at the end of the day, you want the the best players on your team, and so everything is always case by case. You know, it's never... It's not never take a running back here or never do this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's not black and white. The draft has never been black and white. The sport is not black and white. There are too many variables that go into having a winning team, whether it be the head coach, the assistant coaches, the front office, the philosophy, the scheme, whatever it is, to where that's how you get a winner. And so it's it's never it's not a this or that, the only case scenario. It's always kind of a gray area there about what you do with with teams because, I mean, you know, look at Saquon Barkley. I mean, it's the same thing there. We, we talked about this last year. Should they have taken a quarterback and probably capitalized on that really great quarterback class? Yes, I think you and I both agree with that. But that doesn't make For Saquon sure. Barkley bad, you know? And if they get a quarterback here in the next two, three, whatever years and they time that window up, okay, great. Then they've got Saquon Barkley there for him. And so I think that both I'll of still say it's a bad true. process, but yeah. it's I'll I, still say it's I a bad would, process, but... I, yeah, I... But but they could lock into a good result. It won't happen that's, this year's yeah. draft. So now you've got two. I don't you know. want I don't want to necessarily say bad process either because if it lands you a guy like Saquon Barkley, I'm not going to be pissed about it. But I would use the phrase: it is not the most optimal way to approach the draft. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. It's not the best process for sure. You could say bad is a harsh word. I would say it's worse than what they should have done. <laughs> have, have you watched? We're trying uh, to be political with our phrasing. Have here, you but. watched? Because uh, there's a lot of ways to win in the NFL. There is. So I don't. You know. I. It's. I but drafting a running back at second, number two overall, <laughs> isn't one. <laughs> there it is. There's the flag. We came around to it eventually. No, he's bad. <laughs> David Montgomery's not going to do anything. Here. I'm just kidding. He's good. Uh, Amani Hooker, have you watched him yet, John? We've got. I haven't. I haven't seen him yet. I ask Cal about him all the time. I'm like, Cal, is this guy good? He won like DB of the year in the Big Ten. Like, is he good? And all so right, I think well. we're waiting to get to the tape to him. I don't know that we expected him to declare. So 
Um, How about this one for you? Because this one will be fun for you. Rashawn Gary or Christian Wilkins? Who would you take? Oh, my gosh. I know I'm answering. So let me let you think about it. I got to take Christian Wilkins. I think I'm taking him. I think he's been great this season. You could argue <laughs> Sean Gary has more upside for sure. Yeah, he does. I just, I'm too scared. I'm scared. I'll just be honest. I'm well, sure. Okay, I'm a coward. What am I drafting him as? Wherever you want to play him, man. Okay, because I'm, if I'm drafting him to an interior defensive lineman. Yeah, your team. I'm drafting him as an interior defensive lineman right now too. But does he want to play interior defensive line? What's his weight at? He didn't play there a ton, so how's he going to adjust to basically what will be a new position? You have to process blocks yeah. differently. How's he going to take on doubles? There are already whispers out there, and they're going to get out even more and more about his work ethic, and that he gets up on game days, but does he work throughout the week? You know, that's going to be the big question with him. How invested is he? You know, all year, you know, in terms of day to day to day, and I think that that's important for an NFL team. You don't have any of those questions with Wilkins, no. and you're still getting a good football player. Like, no question you're still getting a good football player. He's got size. He's got agility. He, he developed a pass for pass rush moves way better this season. Like, I don't worry about Christian Wilkins busting at all. So, yeah, I'm scared. But if Christian Wilkins were just an okay player, I would take Rashawn Garrett because I, I will take that risk. But I just wouldn't take it over Christian Wilkins. I think I might be with you. That's a really good question. It's a really good question. Sean Gary's branding himself, so he aligned himself with your with I know, your train of. I know. I really, I really do enjoy it. Um, somebody asked, "Who is going to be your Darius Leonard in this draft?" Oh man! Wow, jeez. <laughs> you are you going to literally suck at evaluating? Well, if if you David know Montgomery, apparently. If you know and you can tell me now, please tell me so I avoid. Putting the defensive rookie is, of the year 163rd on my big board. <laughs> hey, is your uh, <laughs> is uh, is Josh Jacobs your RB one? He is right now. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's locked in or anything because I've just begun my running back evaluations. But last night oof, <laughs> was awesome. <laughs> he just they didn't have anything all night, and he consistently made things happen. Somebody, so uh, somebody asked me in the chat, and I'll answer this: um, Would Josh Allen be a good pick at number five for the Buccaneers? If Todd Bowles is going to a 3-4, and I'll tell you this, I'm going to write about this later this week in a lot more detail, but everybody is just assuming that Todd Bowles is going to play this 3-4, de- this like true 3-4 defense. And, man, I'm just telling you that in the NFL, in today's NFL, it's it, it's not like that anymore. It's not like, oh, we're a 3-4 team, and you see that all the time. 60 65% of the game's in nickel defense anyways. The front really is just a matter of, of what you're telling your defensive linemen to do, whether they're two-gapping, whether they're one-gapping, what their philosophy is there, who you're emphasizing on your defensive line, who you're emphasizing as your pass rushers, whether they have their hand on the ground or whatever. And all that to say, Todd Bowles runs a really aggressive style of defense, but he has run both 4-3 and 3-4 throughout his career um, as a defensive guy in the NFL. And so it is not this foregone conclusion that, sure. say, say, Gerald McCoy is for sure gone or that they're for sure going to a 3-4 and need a stand Or Jason Pierre-Paul. Right. I, I mean, like, all of this stuff, Bucks fans are kind of jumping to these conclusions, and I'm going to go into this with a lot more detail later this week but i mean would josh allen be a great pass rusher for the bucks yeah i think absolutely um i think that they should still go offensive line over that depending on who is left certainly if jonah williams is left but i say that just to answer that question in part by saying it's not a foregone conclusion that they're just going to start running exclusively two gap stuff with a stand-up pass rusher on the outside so okay a couple quick ones here uh bucks quinn and williams or jonah williams if they're both on the board of five (laughs) uh jonah Wow. I would say take Quinnen. 
Who's the best defensive tackle that holds the one tech and collapses the pocket? Uh, let me just throw this out there because um, it's a good question. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I think you're looking for a run plugging nose tackle that also has pass rush ability. Jeffrey Simmons, the best guy that he's not a run plugging nose tackle though. Jeffrey Simmons yeah, should play can, three tech. Yeah, but he can play nose. He shouldn't. He's light. He's going to be like 294, I bet, or something oh, like is that. He? I thought he was like, yeah. like 300. Eh, okay. I don't think so. Okay. He's definitely at his best at a three technique. He does. He's figured out how to finesse like, double team. I thought but, he was like off the shoulder a lot more, like on the inside, the center. No? What? What? He, what's that? Like, I thought he was, he was off like, the shoulder. I thought the center? Was, yeah. I thought he was lining up like closer he was to the square yeah. with the center. More oh, than, yeah. He's plays head up too. Mm-hmm. Okay. All he, plays, right. he plays all over. Well, he played from zero why, to three. Saying yeah. that, so. Right. I, oh, he did in college, but I don't think he will in the NFL. I don't think anybody in the NFL is going to draft him to play nose. Okay. Dexter Lawrence is a guy that's going to get drafted to play nose. But I would also say that like the best defensive tackle that holds the holds the nose, I'm assuming they're asking, can hold up against double teams and rush the passer, probably isn't very good at rushing the passer. <laughs> it's just usually how it works. You so know, now is, you make it guys. I mean, is Raekwon the answer then? I mean, I think Quinton Williams is probably technically the answer because Quinton Williams can absolutely play nose. Well, he plays. I mean, they line him up at nose. He sure, plays nose. I guess, but so I think people but, are looking yeah, for a non-Quinton Williams answer. I mean, Dexter Lawrence probably. Dexter Lawrence is going to play nose in the NFL. He's going to play oh, yeah, from sure. a two, two eye to a, to a zero technique, and so that's going to be a spot. Everybody else, they're going to want on the. I mean, they'll, they'll all see time in the A gaps, but most of these other top guys, we talk about Simmons, Williams, Oliver. Um, trying to think who else Wilkins, like all those guys are going to be playing further outside most of the time. So I'd say it's Lawrence. Uh, is Jordan Brailford, anything special as a prospect? Interesting question. He declared early. I know Pertrever. I don't think you've seen him. I watched a little bit you know, of that him. That is an interesting question. Cause I, I have not seen any of them. So you want to <laughs> go ahead and take this one, John? That'd be great. Thanks. I got it for you. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that he's a great athlete and it's going to limit kind of his impact in the NFL. He does have some rush moves. Uh, he, has a real good tendency to snap jump. I would have liked to see him go back, but I know he's an older prospect too, so tough spot for him. Um, my guess is he's probably day three. Can he make the team as a backup edge and develop a little bit? I think so, yeah. Um, I didn't see anything to get super excited about when I watched him. Interesting player for sure, but not somebody that I would say you know, is, is great or anything like that. Uh, would we have to give the Cardinals a first-rounder for Pat Pete? This is from a Bucks fan, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to give the Cardinals a first round. They just gave so like I just read this that the Bucks just had to give the Cardinals a sixth and a seventh round pick for Bruce Arians. Wow, big loss. A lot of those guys turned huge out. loss. There goes Tom Brady. <laughs> um, there goes Philip Lindsay. Oh wait, no, you can just wait. Greedy Williams or Byron Murphy? We both like Murph. Byron. Player. Give me Murphy. If if you are a day two draft prospect, do you watch the draft or go see the Avengers? <laughs> go see the Avengers. Just go see it, man. Let keep your phone on no, you. I mean, you know, here's, no, 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 no. Here's <laughs> if you're a real fan, you're going to see that bad boy at three a.m. Like I will be on draft weekend. So. We we will be because okay. we will be together all right well, if we're in the week. same spot we're going to that 3 a.m showing you better believe there it. won't be any sleep no, <laughs> we'll go God, day no. two of the draft no. which we don't sleep in april really anyway yeah. day two of the draft we're going to be on camera falling asleep at the desk still doing better analysis than mel kuyper and todd mcshaint Whew. here we go wow 
I was preaching for a second there. Uh, I think uh, somebody said, what should the 49ers do at number two overall? Edge Roger. Uh, if, if Nick Bose is gone, trade out. If Nick Bose is there, obviously draft him. Um, if yeah, I think that's fair. I think you're looking, you're you're trying to convince any teams in the NFL who need a quarterback that they need to trade up to get this guy. I mean, that would be you'd basically love either yeah. the Giants or the Jaguars because that would still give you you're you're basically in range to land either Josh Allen, Jakai Polite, or Brian Burns, or maybe even Cleveland Farrell still within that range. So I'm with you on the trade down, but you don't want to get too far down. I think the the 49ers still lead, need an elite talent, preferably at edge rusher. So. You're not really looking to get that far out of that top ten when you're trading down. So, yeah, the floor for Noah Fant, Eric Ebron. That's the floor. The floor. Tell me no. Tell me I'm wrong. Eric Ebron is the floor for Noah Fant. I don't know which Ebron you think? we're talking about here. Current Ebron, probably. I mean, I guess it could be Ebron's whole career that's, trajectory. That's that's high praise, though. I mean, like Ebron right now is going off. You think that's the floor? Yeah, I guess maybe this was his best year. I'd say like an average Eric Ebron year is probably the floor for Noah Fant. I still don't think Ebron's like a leader or anything, but he's definitely having a nice year. He had some decent years in Detroit. People just didn't like to talk about it. He was just a fun fun guy to rail against because he got reactions. The ceiling is the roof. That's good. Um, (laughs) Somebody said Zach Ertz is the floor. Zach Ertz is nobody's floor, sir. (laughs) Zach Ertz is a tank. I don't know what floor you're standing on, but it ain't this one, brother. So this is that is one high floor. That is above sea level. Yeah. Um, should Trevor Lawrence be allowed to declare for the draft after next season? Guess what? Go to our podcast from today, Tuesday, which is yesterday when you hear this on the podcast, and listen to our conversation about it because we talked about it at length, and it was fun. It was a good conversation. Good points would, brought up. By- would the Jags? trade Ramsey for one of Oakland's picks in the 20s you ready for it you ready for my answer yes yeah I'm ready they would you think you think they will do that I think Ramsey's getting dealt by the time the draft is over if he doesn't go to the Steelers first of all can you imagine that locker room with him in Pittsburgh I hope they keep Brown just for that they keep Brown hey F Big Ben yeah man F Big Ben they bring back Le'Veon Bell out of nowhere. <laughs> and then they trade for Jalen Ramsey. Come on in, everybody. Let's get it riled up it would in just here. Be, it would just be Antonio Brown, Jalen Ramsey, and Le'Veon Bell wearing like wearing the NWO cutoffs, just straight cutoffs. Um, and then it would be Juju Smith-Schuster trying to get everybody to get along and just getting his ass beat in the locker room. <laughs> ben blaming everybody. <laughs> Ben's not even in the locker room. Ben's locker room like isn't even in the hey, team from, locker room. It's in, in a different room. Yeah. yeah, they just moved them somewhere else. <laughs> They'd be on social media. Those dudes would be at their locker like this. On social media, everybody trying to out-meme each other. Oh, my gosh. That would be an incredible locker room. My goodness. Um, Brian Edwards returning to school announcement was amazing. Did you see it? Yes. Yeah, the, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street clip. Yeah, yeah. that was incredible. Yes. Hey, somebody asked, uh, what would you do if you were Atlanta at 14? Do you go defensive tackle or offensive tackle? Uh, I would go defensive tackle. I believe Ryan Schrader can bounce back. Maybe that's foolish of me. I admittedly didn't watch him the whole year. I saw three or four of his games. Um, I think he can bounce back. He's been a good tackle the whole time there. They paid him. like I, 
I just have to believe those wheels aren't totally coming off yet. I think, uh, I think the sweet spot's a lot better for interior defensive tackle there too. Um, for sure. I think you're. I, getting, I think you're getting that. a lot more return on investment for how deep the interior defensive tackle class is if you're picking a 14. Hey, fun fact for everybody that did not read my mock draft, um, which you should have. If the Falcons would have won against the Buccaneers on the last week of the season, the Falcons, who are picking 14th right now, would have been picking 8th. You hate to see that's it. Ed Ol- that could have been Ed Oliver. Could you have been. hate to see it. But do you? Updated Trayvon Mullen evaluation. I haven't like watched him because he hasn't declared, so I'm going to wait till he declares and then watch him closely. Uh, last night he was fine. I know he got the pick. It was, you know, they fooled him schematically. I thought more than any Trayvon Mullen. Yeah. Yeah. He got, yeah, yeah. The, he got the second pick, the one yeah. over the top. Uh, question. Um, oh, were you going to keep going about Trayvon? I was just going to say, it felt like fields played a lot and Terrell played a lot. And I wasn't sure, like it didn't seem like Mullen got targeted a ton, which maybe is a good sign. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't see enough to, to change my evaluation on him yet. Okay. Good. Better fit for the Broncos, Daniel Jones or Drew Locke? Drew Locke is the more likely fit um, because I uh, think Elway uh, will, would prefer that. Um, but I could man. see Daniel. Yeah, I, I could see Daniel Jones too. I don't think either. I think, of I think they're both going to be targets. Yeah, um, both I think there's. They do. I think there's plenty to work on with both. I think for Daniel Jones, it's um, just a lot more. Daniel Jones just doesn't make any like. I don't think he makes high degree difficulty throws. No, like I see, I, I I'm not very with you. I feel like I've seen some of his throws and they look nice. They look pretty, but I don't see a lot of them. So prettier than Sean McVay or prettier than Cliff Kingsbury? Mm. On the scale of Sean McVay. Kingsbury to McVay. But it, but here's the thing about Drew Locke though that would be encouraging. That would be more, I think, alluring. I guess maybe you would covet him more. When you look at Drew's Drew Locke's game, there are obvious things that you think that you can change that will make the difference. I mean, the dude just like falls away throwing passes like away from his body, doesn't have the right footwork, doesn't set up, and that's kind of you can go, okay, that's why he's inconsistent. So when you look at things that you can change to improve a guy, I feel like it's easier to look at Drew Locke and say, we can we can fix this guy. We know what to fix. Whereas Daniel Jones, I just think it's overall inconsistencies with this game that might be a little bit more difficult to pinpoint. So that actually might go into – how high each of those guys are drafted but um in terms of denver which was the original question i think both are probably going to be a target and i think i i really do think that elway would probably like drew lock better here's a good one i know we got to wrap up soon but somebody just said Braden just said exactly f big ben there you go there you go <laughs> that's awesome uh, how much can the ravens get for flacco a third you agree no way no way better than a third no, you don't think they can absolutely not. tyrod got a third tyrod taylor got a third a high third. It was 65. Yeah, but the Browns were high when they did that. Well, Son, I was high when I said that. Live my listen, whole life on that phrase. I think there are a lot of teams out there that are high. If you're trading for Joe Flacco in the first place, you're you're smoking some pretty good stuff. Can't wait till he goes to Miami and we get to hear from Kyle in the group chat. So Yep, that'll be fun. He never complains. Uh, how much are Juju ain't no slouch, though? True. How many quarterbacks go in the first round this year? What would be your best guesses? I just wrote an article the other day. Go check it out on the Draft Network about landing spots for Dwayne Askins. I wrote it Monday yeah, afternoon. How, yeah, how, um, how many, how many spots do you think? I had seven teams that could possibly take a quarterback. I know I'm holding up five. Two more. <laughs> 
seven, seven teams. all seven teams <laughs> <laughs> seven teams that i think could potentially get quarterback um but i didn't feel good about two of them which were cincinnati until we know that coaches i didn't know that they were going to get re- ready to go there just yet and washington i just don't know alex smith's health situation so i want to see how that filters out first before we make a call there um the other teams were the giants the raiders the broncos the dolphins and the jaguars so I think three quarterbacks may go in the first round. I would set the over-under at two, and I would, well, two and a half. I'd take the over at two and a half, 100%. A half. I'm hey. taking the over, yeah. I would hey, guess three or four. Two. I would guess three or four because the NFL is just I'm going to go NFL. two. Um, two are going in the first round. Last question here, Do uh, Debo or Hollywood? Debo or Hollywood? Uh, We've kind of had this debate before. I, I'm a little yeah, bit more. I'm a little bit more team Marquise Brown. You're a little bit more Debo Samuel, right? Yes, oh, but it's close enough that I would say it's up in the air. I just here's my thing with Debo. Like I loved him. Like I loved his 2016 tape. He started three games in 2017. Was off to a crazy pace. Looked awesome. Hurt his ankle. It's wouldn't think that's a hard injury to come back from. Look like he packed on muscle. Like he's like two fifteen, and he's like five eleven, dude. You don't need to be two fifteen. Like <laughs> drop ten pounds. Like I thought he was lighter and quicker early in his career. He looked tighter this season. Um, still very good after the catch, but not totally dynamic. The end of the season, he did start to get some mojo back. Looked a little more explosive. He just didn't think he separated as well as I hoped he would. Uh, if he tests out of control, then I'm going to go back. I'm going to get more excited. I just started to question how good of an athlete he is this season. I didn't think he won a lot in the air, whereas in 2016, my dude was going up over everybody in Moss. He looked like DJ Moore, honestly. Like mm-hmm. how DJ Moore won at the catch point all the time. I just looked- wasn't super impressed with Debo this season. I really wasn't. I know I know Bentley has something to do with that, but I was just so much more impressed with Hollywood, and I get the offenses are different, but that's why I do have I I, get, I gave the edge to Hollywood a little bit. Yeah, I was impressed with Hollywood as well, and I know the first time we did this, I was like, "Why Hollywood?" But I think you're closer to being right in that I was impressed with Hollywood as well. well wow, but I do worry about Hollywood that. at the imagine catch point after that. the catch physically. He, he can get he can get smacked around a little bit, um, and I think that. Uh, well, imagine that. There were struggles with him in terms of finishing as a receiver that I'm concerned about with Hollywood. So, uh, good player, but imagine that. Imagine you being right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have to, brother. (laughs) Happens every day when I open the eyes. All right, are we done here or what? All right, let's wrap it up here. Thanks so much for your questions, guys. Everything was awesome. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about something awesome. I don't know what, but we'll figure it out. We always do. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.